You are on Newcastle Live with Tracy Mack and a big thanks to uh, Nikita Zhu and Glenn Jennings for joining us in the studio. It was wonderful to catch up with them both and we continue along with our sport. He's back. He's no longer on long service leave. I feel like he hasn't been here for so, so long. Good morning and welcome, Jimmy Gardner. Yeah, good morning, Trace. Yeah, back in the saddle, as they say. No uh, rest for the wicket now. You won't uh, see me doing anything bar work for about the next 52 years, I reckon. Oh, you poor thing. How was Hamilton Island? Uh, a bit wet towards the end. No, it was still very good. It's a great part of the world up there. So uh, went out fishing and uh, played golf and did all those things you do. So oh, that was fantastic. Life's tough on long service leave. Well, I mean, it was one week out of seven. The rest of it I spent bloody <laughs> pulling down doing chores my wife wanted me to do. So, and in amongst um, that COVID as well. Exactly, yeah, yeah, good times. Absolutely. Anyway, now, last time we spoke, uh, we were still a chance of the finals. Uh, we, you and I, were both going to you know, neck ourselves if uh, if they continued to play like they were. Uh, the Newcastle Jets have not given us anything, Jimmy. We're ninety nine point nine percent going to miss the finals, but we've just re-signed Arthur Pappas to uh, to another contract. Finishing ninth isn't where we would have wanted to be at the beginning of this season. No, definitely not. And given some of the football they've played. Um, you can always say what if, but I would have thought if they hadn't made the finals, they could have tested some of those teams. I mean, the way they dismantled Wellington early on, um, the job that the job in a very undermanned and young team did against Sydney FC. Um, you see those performances, and you think, how the hell isn't this team not playing in the finals? So uh, ninth is certainly deflating. Uh, they, they could possibly climb to eighth, but I, I can't see that happening. Um, on, on the coaching front, the one thing the club does need is stability. I, I don't think a continual revolving door of coaches um, is going to help. So the fact that there's still some uncertainty over the ownership, uh, at least for the coach in place now for the next two years, there's a rock there, there's stability there. Uh, I guess we know the way Arthur Tabas wants to play, so we, we, we've got an inkling to the way the type of player he's going to try and recruit. Uh, obviously, he's got to make some adjustments because Knights is not good enough. No. Uh, and, and given some of the football they played, they, they, they should have been a team that's better than Knights. So, um, obviously, most of, that is, most of those concerns will be in defence. Uh, but they're still, um, he's only got eight players contracted for next year. So, there's a fair bit of work to be done in the next month in keeping the ones he wants, finding, um, you know, letting go the ones he doesn't, and finding some replacements. And he's going to face a battle on his hands, I think, to, re- to, to retain the likes of Daniel Pena and Olivia Bumal and, and even young Archie Goodwin. Uh, I imagine there's going to be some uh, clubs knocking on his door in, in the next couple of months. So it's, it's going to be a very, very important uh, off-season, uh, even though we've still got three games mm. to go, we're talking about the off-season. But given the coach announcement this morning, I think that's the start of it. But there's a fair bit of work to be done by uh, not only the coach, but management. They've got to put in a new football manager. They've got to sort out the mm. academy. There's so many things that need to be done. Uh, and circling in the background, you've also got um, the potential takeover that I'm hearing is getting closer, but it's still not finalised. So, and um, that quite w- a bit. yeah, and that that was the next uh, the next one that I was going to uh, to ask you about. You know, we've lost Craig Deans and Daniel McBreen in the last fortnight as well. Um, obviously, rumours that uh, Craig Deans is not happy over there, that the ownership is not going in the direction that he would like it to to go. It is a little bit disturbing over there at the moment. It's it seems very unsettling. Oh, I think the, the, the sooner the ownership situation is sorted out, the better. I mean, whatever you've got four owners of the other clubs, and, and I know I mean, the fact that they're bankrolled the Jets for two years is amazing. I mean, without them, the club would be folded. Mm. So you, you've got to take that on one hand. But on the other hand, you can't really plan forward and, and really go out to the marketplace and say, this is us, this is what we're about, when you've got four owners of the other clubs mm. you know, 
trial. So um, this American consortium, the consortium we've heard about for the last five months, um, gets over the line. Well, then hopefully that will be it will give the club a bit of stability off the pitch, um, and may hopefully some money in the coppers off the pitch. Uh, although, although you know, to be fair, Arthur Pappas has had a decent squad this year, mm. but in terms of that whole academy setup, I mean, I kept hearing that Gary Van Engel and Ian Cook are going to be back involved. Yeah, I'm hearing uh, that too. Substances in that, mm. but given Ian Crook's history with the town and given what he done with the um, Wanderers Academy, um, they certainly have the reputation, if not the best, one of the best academy setups um, in the past you know, in the country. Uh, again, that takes money, so I think he would be the perfect man for that job. Um, if that's the case, we also have. I mean, Gary Van Engelman has been here a couple of times now. He has a good relationship with other Pappas. Um, you know, he has been involved in the national team setups with the women and the under twenties and, and the twenty threes. Uh, you know, it didn't end in a particularly good note when he left here last time. Um, all those things are it's, it's just a, a very complex. I think it's going to be a hectic off season. Uh, we always say it's an off season, but it's never an off season. It's, it's normally the when management and um, you know, the coaching staff and journalists. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, look, they have some vacancies in some key areas. You know, their, their membership and fan engagement um, and ticketing person, they don't have that person anymore. You know, they're missing some very key personnel. And to be honest, I wouldn't be going over there at the moment with, with the unknown about the ownership. You know, it, there is a, a lot of things that need fixing, but they can't be fixed without this ownership sorted out. Yeah, that's certainly the most important, I think. Um, as I said, it has been bit of a holding pattern. Whilst it's been a holding pattern in that front, the club has, uh, they've taken some big, you know, they have taken some big steps. Of, um, the way that, in terms of their roster, and but they haven't, you know, they haven't had that. And with COVID as well, I mean, the crowds have gone from 10,000 down mm-hmm. to 5,000. Um, and the way they were playing, they deserve more than that this year in some of those games. Uh, they haven't been able to get into the community and do all those community programs that they've normally done in the past. I mean, that's one aspect that Laurie McKinnon was so good at and was so strong at. And mate, so was Gary Van Egmond. Gary Van Egmond was was so so big on that stuff. Yeah, and COVID has had a massive part in that. Don't get me wrong. I mean, um, you know what we were able to do two years ago, um, we certainly can't do with professional mm. sports now. So, um, but yeah, I think that's an, that's certainly an area they need to tap into. They need to get a buy-in from the community, and um, I think although they're owned by four other owners, but they're not going to get that. But um, our new owners come in with a new direction, maybe with a new vision. Um, yeah, that's that's certainly what needed. That certainly is what is needed. So um, it's there. We all know it's there. It's just a matter of tapping into mm, it. But we, yeah. we should be saying, asking these same questions every three or four years. So oh, I'm over um, it, Jimmy. I feel like it's Groundhog Day. Yeah, oh, Groundhog. Yeah, God, yeah. I mean, I've been doing it for 20 mm. years now, and we have this same conversation uh, about every three or four years. Yeah. So I think there's always um, uh, there's, there's, you know, when a new owner or a new a new management come in, you. You do hear a lot of the same things, and mm. it all looks bright and rosy, but uh, it's a difficult landscape, the professional sporting mm. landscape in Australia, particularly for the A-League. I mean, the Jets aren't the only club. I, I, I would dare to say there's not one club in the A-League that is um, making money or, or even breaking even no. at the moment, given the landscape the last couple of years with COVID and um, everything else and TV rights and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So it's a, it's a big concern. It's a hard school, but mm. that big American company invested $130 million in the A-League to buy a... Um, yeah. Silver Lake to buy a third stake, so someone has some uh, certainly someone has some belief in it and confidence in it, and uh, it's interesting to see now they've had that money in the coppers what they actually do with it because they, they certainly haven't done much with it on the, on the surface anyway. Yeah. They've spent nothing on marketing. They've spent absolutely yeah. nothing. All absolutely that stuff. So lots of uh, football, big big yeah. overseas football clubs coming to the country in July. So hopefully that gives the, the game a bit of momentum, and then uh, next season. 
everyone can sort of get a buy into their local clubs because I mean they need to somehow get the um, commitment and the draw into today's overseas clubs and get them get people interested in the local game mm. because it's you know, it seems to be its relevance is is dropping away. Mm. And that's exactly what happened with the World Cup, wasn't it? That's when we got relevance back into into football. Now, mate, it doesn't get any easier for the Newcastle Jets. They travel to Macarthur on Sunday, four oh five kickoff. We've played four games against these guys. We've drawn two and MacArthur's won two, so the uh, the stats aren't in our favour. Yeah, no, and, and certainly at least two of those games, the Jets would have considered themselves absolutely ripped off not to have won. They dominated a couple of them, but uh, again, it's been the story of this season. They've, they've been very good in patches but haven't been able to seal the deal and then have copped a couple of goals, and that was certainly the case uh, in at least two of those games against MacArthur. MacArthur is seventh. Uh, they're still playing for a final spot. Um, you think they'll be desperate. Um, the Jets will be without... Daniel Pena, which is a big loss. I think Olivia Bumar was still struggling with a hamstring, so um, that takes a fair bit of punch and creativity out of their out of their attacking stocks. So the last time that was the case, I think it was against uh, was it Perth or Brisbane, and it was nil nil. I don't think they manufactured a shot on goal. So um, it's going to be a test for them, no doubt. Uh, and you just, it'll, it'll be how they start on Sunday. I think will will determine what happens in the next three games. So if they're still you know, if the re-signing of the coach provides a little bit of Philip or a little bit of motivation, or maybe he's put them all on notice to say the next three games you're playing for your future. So mm. um, it's one of those one of those situations where it can slide away very quickly. Um, it's happened in the last couple of years. Craig Dean's experienced it. I don't think mm. they won. Uh, so they finished with a bit of a, a bit of a spring. Actually, they they won their last couple of games to, to move off the bottom of the table. But when you go back to when Mark Jones was in charge, I mean, uh, they were on the verge of the six. With six games to go, they lost that game and then lost another one. And then once they were out of contention, they didn't win another game. So it'll be a test of their character and their resolve as much as their ability this week. Yeah, it certainly will be. Well, listen, mate, I better let you go because I know that you're uh, you're supposed to be at a media conference that starts in about 15 seconds' time. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Newcastle in the morning takes you through the big events and the most talked about stories of the day that matter to you and your life. From what's on to what matters, Tracy Mack takes you beyond the headlines. What it is, why it matters and how it impacts your daily life. Tracy Mack brings you Newcastle in the morning, weekdays from 9 on Newcastle Live.